This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And it's leaning towards spring here in High Wycombe. Still a little cold, too cold to go out and walk around the park in. And walking around the park is about all I'm going to be doing soon because um, the government has assured me that I'm particularly vulnerable and I'm a delicate old flower and I should stay indoors a lot. And my thanks to Roger for doing my shopping for me this week, by the way. Staying indoors with your ex- exceedingly large collection of books and games and things, to be fair. And 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 and, and, and in a very comfortable hothouse temperature as well. <laughs> but um, uh, but I miss people. Honestly, it's terrible. I miss actual people being in the room with me. Meanwhile, as the person doing the shopping, I say people are, nah, nah. They, they've got to yeah. go. Let's have them all out and yeah. turned over, turned it over to the woodlice. But but on a, on a happier note, this is episode ninety nine. Gosh, yeah, that's what you call a happy note, isn't it? We're going to have to do something special for next time, Roger. And I haven't thought of anything. I could bring you some gin. Drunk podcasting is not good podcasting, Roger. Besides which, I would prefer Calvados. Oh, I got some of that too. Yeah. Okay. Let us go and uh, talk then. You and I. Um, and what are we going to talk about this time? We have a um, f- confession and self-examination. Oh yes, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, in Latin, you notice that. Uh, we, we have uh, th- thoughts about favours, owing people favours, being owed people favours. How does that work in a, in a game? How should it work? And also, what you should do when you just heard the click underneath your boot... And you know you're in deep, deep trouble. Before any of that, uh, I'd like to say thank you to Robert Wolfe, who passed us some money to encourage us to keep the show going. If you would like to do the same, uh, paypal.me slash rogerbw will reach us. The nice people at uh, Bundle of Holding send us uh, free samples of their uh, weekly, and slightly more frequently sometimes, uh, uh, deals on gaming PDFs. Uh, this this week isn't one we're going to talk about very much because we've already gone on a considerable length about the reasons that Hero isn't the game system for either of us. Which is not to say I wouldn't be happy to play it, but I don't think I'm ever going to run it. Me either. I, uh, I, uh, I think the, the bit of my brain that might have been taken up by Hero got took, taken up by GURPS instead, and it feels a better fit. Uh, but uh, they are featuring the 6th edition of Hero and the 6th edition of, of Champions, from which Hero sprung. Yeah, and most of this has not been on a bundle before. Um, some, some some of the books have, but your, your basic um, Hero Sixth Edition rule books, Volume One, yeah. Volume Two, which incidentally are, are, are more pages than GURPS, but by a substantial it. margin. Yeah, 
we 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 are not gloating here. We're just pointing it out. But I mean, I, I think it would be fair to say that that they're aiming for a similar sort of market. If if you um, downplay the superhero side, and as I said, Champions is is a separate bundle from yeah. the other hero system stuff here. I mean, you you've got your core rulebook, which gives you the basics of everything, and then you yeah. can add on to that the fantasy book, the science fiction book, whatever else you want to do for for the specific campaign you want to run. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to this. I I like the way it works. Um, I just have, I I will admit I have uh, irrational reasons for disliking Hero. Um, when I first met it, it was it was mostly champions, and the people who were playing it were the sort of people who really liked niggly point optimizations. Yeah, um, there, there's something. It must be confessed there's something of that on the GURPS forums as well. Some days, yes, but uh, I sneer at them. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, on 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 the internet, you just have to assume somebody's sneering at you all the time. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if if if, if you if you uh, contribute to, to us, we we will come around and sneer at you in person. But yeah, that, that's a special. No, that's experience. handcrafted. That's handcrafted sneering. When, yeah. when when legal situation allows, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I have friends who who like the system a lot. I have one friend who has practically everything hero and champions, and some of this is new to him, at least in PDF. Yeah. Um. The he he has shelves full of the stuff. And we, I'm, I'm uh, trying to persuade him to run it sometime. Uh, Hello, you know who you are. I'm not going to say your name. <laughs> I have, I don't think we're not sneering at this point because I can look up from my desk and see a stack of Gertz books, which if you stood them end on end, would be as tall as I am. Yeah, so, the, the great shelf of Gertz, which would not fit legibly in, in, in the camera I'm using to do this, is not in this room, but <laughs> well, <laughs> only, only some of it is. Anyway, so yeah... Uh, I think this comes down to it's not a system that I'm I'm likely to run, but I don't think it's a bad system. No, if it's your if it's your cup of tea, it'll be. And, and this, on. Is, this is a good chance to get on it for relatively little money. And and we're not doing it at the for once. We're not doing it at the last minute, and this will be in until middle of the month, fifteenth uh, of March. Yeah, yeah. Much All right, like time zones and whatever. So those of you who already know that this is the sort of thing that you like. Uh, may care to pop over there and see what you can drool over. A few months ago, we we had we talked briefly about an Oz Magica by uh, play by forum game, and we it's not happening anymore. So, yeah, yeah. post mortem. Self-criticism. Oh, there's a lot of self-criticism here. This is a tale of failure, with, I think, a small moral and a bit of self-discovery in it. I found that doing the thing online, intermittently posting, was a problem. Now, it's not just being online. Uh, When I run things uh, in a more traditional fashion uh, with five or six people gathered uh, um, via uh, via chat, uh, then I do find some slight exaggeration in my, uh, in my stage fright, which I think was overridden when we could meet face-to-face by the rituals of getting there, meeting people, settling down, 
and and I, I and it, it that got lost in the traffic of other mental activities. But uh, when I'm not face to face, when I have to click on a specific time, then I do find a certain amount of of nervousness. It goes when I'm GMing or playing in a in a group, because um, because I'm used to that, but. I was having to go through the same level of nervousness before each time I logged on, took a look for new posts and had to think. And yeah. that was making it harder and harder. It's some, I mean, something I've found um, with projects that haven't worked. Is I, I look at the thing and I think, I don't want to do this right now. It's going to be a lot of work. And then I come yeah. back to it a few hours or a day or two later and it's still there. And I look at the thing and now not only is it going to be a lot of work, but I've been I'm slow late. about it. Yeah. And, and this exaggerated the, the, the stress of the whole thing. Also, uh, I wasn't prepared for how slowly it would drag along, how often I had to turn to my players and say, and what do you do now? That yeah. is... That uh, you can't really say. Uh, I mean, you can't really say. Um, here is the list of dice rolls I anticipate you needing to make. Uh, we'll come back with uh, more than about two in advance, mm. and so, and it loses something uh, when you don't have the. The thrill of the dice rolling, the thrill of that moment of chance, face to face with people, people's live reactions, mm. or even if conveyed by camera. Uh, yeah, and, one, one thing that does occur were, to me is, yeah, go on. Um, I, at least for myself, I, d I don't know how much how true this is of the other players. I think they may have known the world better than I did, but I, I was often getting stuck because. I, in order to work out what a what a plausible thing was to do next, what my character would think of doing, I yeah. needed to know the world's natural philosophy. Normally, I would say the world's physics, but I think in this case, natural philosophy is the right term. Yeah, no, no, you're quite right. And, and indeed, it's unnatural philosophy. Um, but because because I had not already absorbed that, I, I was probably relying on you more than I would in a in a normal situation. Yeah. Combine um, that with the other things you've just talked about, and, th and that also goes to slow things down and make my, my posts shorter, because I say, you know, I've, I've thought of this and this, and you can then say to me, well, okay, thing one is not a thing, is not a relevant thing in the game because it doesn't work that way, and then thing two we can try, and, that, and then I have to come back and think of another thing. Yeah, um, and you didn't. Uh, I I think the fact, uh, and this is another part of Ars Magica which made the made the game difficult the fact that you we never got away from you all playing um mages i think i think one of the other players was doing his best to move into uh into uh, playing a companion um and that was that was gratefully received well, uh, but but uh but the but the problem is the way i the way ask magica is set up the Magi are the drivers, but they're also lab rats stuck away doing things scientifical, natural, I beg its pardon, natural philosophical things, unnatural philosophical things in their, in, in their own, in their own sanctuaries 
and not not being out in the world, or, or rather only one of them at a time being out in the world. Sure. By the way, the fact that Ars Magica calls it a laboratory, for some reason, has always grated with me. Sanctum <laughs> or, uh, or 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 workshop works better, uh, but uh, but laboratory is it feels centuries later just wrong. Uh, but on the other hand, it's based on the word labour and working place, and so, well. Or perhaps I shouldn't think that way. You were going to say, anyway. Um, well, it, laboratory is from 1600. Yeah, yeah, far, far too late. And you, you've got laboratorium before that, but in English, it does not come in before that. Well, what does laboratorium mean? A, a place for work. Yeah. Though what, well, what, it, what it was used for in medieval England, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I, you're, well, I, you're, you're closer to being a scholar of medieval Latin than I am. <laughs> and I'm nowhere near. But yeah, I would perhaps I wouldn't have kicked so hard if I, if they'd called it the laboratorium. There's enough Latin in the game as it is. But, but one thing that struck me, um, big, I, I, I was reminded of this a, a recent episode of the Grognard Files. Uh, Dave Morris was saying one of his early role playing experiences, basically people work, working out from scratch how role playing might work. Yeah. Was that they had a limited time, and then their, their GM would give them, you know, fifteen minutes for this player as a one-on-one, -on -one, and then he would go away, and another player would come along, fifteen minutes for that player, and the players worked out. Hang on a minute, if 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 we uh, join forces, we can get more role playing each. Yeah, um, and it felt as though that we we were having that. So it's obviously more work for you because you, you're running four complicated characters uh, in in uh, in, in, in situation. In parallel, uh, situations that don't, often don't touch. I kept wanting your your investigator uh, to come out of the crime scene and have a word with other people, but you never did. So yeah, I, I have a feeling this was probably a thing I was meant to do. Um, I wonder whether I, this is with, with uh, no, no suggestion that I know the system better than you do, because I absolutely don't. But I do wonder whether whether one might start with the approach of taking the player who knows the world best, saying, yeah. right, you are playing Omegas. Everybody else is playing Companions or Grogs or whatever. Everybody else gets to learn a bit about how the world works while playing a relatively simple character and getting involved and doing stuff. I That's certainly the way I do it around a tabletop. Um, I'm not sure it would work in the... Um, in fact... Given that we, uh, I was, I was doing it as a, as, as an established covenant, which had lost a lot of its members, and was trying to recruit and recover, <laughs> I think that might have been a, a valid diegetic, as we sometimes say, uh, approach as well. But um, I think that's count, good counsel, but for the next time. The the other thing that occurred to me on a technical level. Um... I remember some some time ago you you were speaking favourably of Google Wave mm. as a as a midpoint between traditional forum gaming and the actual live stuff. Yeah, it does occur to me that if if you can set a time and get people together, discourse threads will work quite like that. If some somebody posts something, it will appear at the bottom of everybody's screen. Yes, um, I. Uh, on the other hand, if I, we can get everybody together. I think I I have not yet come across somebody who says no I can't do that I don't have a webcam. 
this may be why Google isn't running Wave anymore. <laughs> well, true. I mean, it was intended, I think it was primarily intended as a work collaboration tool. Um, maybe its children are being included in um, later developed. Um, I suppose these days people would use Discord, which is just... <laughs> lots of people are using it. It's just horrible. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's suitable for uh, for for running either face to face chat or or text chat. It's it's there as a supplement to other things, specifically to video games. Hmm. And I think uh, on the whole, it's not at the top of the of the list of the ones I've tried. At the top of the list is unfortunately. Um, it's unfortunately Zoom, but the two the two campaigns I'm in that using it are uh, are using it on the back of somebody else's subscription for other purposes mm-hmm. because great gamers are a noticeably stingy bunch. Quite right till we spend enough on books and uh, <laughs> uh, and other stuff, um, and I am spending still more on. Uh, I spent seven quid. On, uh, on on a, on a on a PDF of uh, of Lace and Steel and its uh, one adventure because um, because I couldn't be buggered to get the the physical copies I have out of storage <laughs> and I feel ever so ever so over luxurious and self indulgent for having I have done a that physical copy of that somewhere with the cards and everything yeah me too but it's not uh, it's not um, a game I've ever played with its own system, and I don't. I, think I've many played it, but have. I've never run it, and I, I don't remember the system at all well. Yeah, apart uh, you remember it used cars for magic and uh, mm-hmm. uh, for magic and uh, and for fencing, and it used them for, and it used tarot cards for uh, character generation. One of the first to do so, I think. Anyway, tale of my sorrow. I don't know. I th- I'm a little more practiced with um, Ask Magica now than I was before, which is all, all to the good for the time that my memory o- is lost in the depths of my optimism again. And there's now software support in my Discourse Dice Roller. Uh-huh. I, I appreciated that. <laughs> so somebody else may be grateful before I am. Um, uh, ask him if you want the, the technical details, folks. It, it, it's got more use than than the Genesis dice roller that I also built into the code. Yeah, there was one problem that I found um, that I found in the in in the the running of the game, which I knew was going to be there, which was the fact that people ha- who have have experienced the system have experienced a specialized, particularized version of the system, the one that. One storyteller and their troupe, perhaps more. Uh, they they they've inherited the traditions of how the system works, and this is a problem with anybody who's experienced with any game. But Ars Magica deliberately lets leaves um, areas of of doubt and uncertainty for you to figure out as part of the game. So I could come along thinking I know Ars Magica, and what I actually know is Bob's Ars Magica that I played five years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 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 this was the reason I ran the Dawn of Magic game that I did, which I really regret having died in flames. I, I don't want to give 
listeners the idea that this happens to all my campaigns. It doesn't. We, we run successfully 90% of the time, but it used to be 100%, but never mind. Well, there's also the consideration of if a campaign is still going and everybody's happy with it, then you can't count it as completed successfully, but everybody's still happy with it. True, true. Um, and, and I do revisit campaigns. I would love... I would love it if there were a a, a really good uh, game of setting up magic and discovering what magic can do. I'm looking at, uh, because somebody pointed out to me that that was what it did, I'm looking at that, uh, what is it called? Mortal Coil, that was it. Uh, which I, I've, I turned back to have a look at Mortal Coil and some of the... Um, pre-generated settings for it just because that is one of the things you're supposed to be able to do with it i um i'm interested but i'm not interested enough to run it you know yeah still i i've run i i like the theme i'm i'm interested in the idea uh i've done i've done it in gurps in my um 1930s campaign yeah but uh yeah i i uh, i think I think I'd probably want to do it when technology isn't fighting with um, uh, with magic quite so much. Yeah, and what one of the things I, I like as a, as an idea to explore is, you know, they they used to be magic and people treated it like magic, in yeah. other words, the same way they treated God. Yeah, you know, here is here is a thing to be learned about, and you, not, you you learn this thing, and you learn that thing, and you learn the other thing. Whereas yeah. if it's, I don't know, call it 19th century or later, very mm. broadly, you've got the mindset that says we can systematize this. We, we look for parallels. Uh, we, we try to build on this and that and the other, and then we think, oh, maybe we can do that other thing. And ex- to me, that's a much more interesting mindset. We experiment, which is why I set word the Dawn of Magic at the, in the early years of the Royal Society. Um, and... Uh, and uh, there was one member of the Royal Society. Admittedly, he was there because he was a rich man, um, <laughs> who was also one of the thirty-six first mages. So it was, it it's a, it's an interesting uh, problem, and one you could use Ars Magica for, except you'd have to go back to the time of Bonisagus if you use the the the, the native setting, um, and say. Uh, and, and say, here is what Bonnie Sagus and the others discover. Here is what they can make work. It also seems to me that you've got you're throwing away an awful lot of what makes our, what gives Oz Magica its flavour. If you, if you say these things are up for grabs, you don't have a set of standard. I can't remember the term spells. Uh, uh, yeah, um, ritual, ritual um, magic. Uh, not ritual magic. The other thing. Um, wrote, but um, yeah, but yeah, you you don't have have the craft. But for me, um, one of the things that is wrong with Ars Magica is the oath of the Magi, is the is the oath of the Order of Hermes of the Code of Hermes, which is it looks like a suicide note, um, <laughs> long played out to me, um, and is. Uh, and and the assumption that ma- mages are dicks, which is baked into the setting, um, not not mages can be dicks, 
but mages are always dicks. Well, to a first approximation, humans are, so it doesn't seem unreasonable. See, this is why you were more suited to (laughs) to playing a a magus than me. Okay, but uh, on that sad note, and not meant to discourage anybody who who wants to try um, play by forum, play by post themselves, uh, but just to warn you about one of the pitfalls that I put my foot into and went, ow. So uh, it was a worthwhile experiment. I'd like to thank and give a round of applause to the people who joined us um, on that brief and frustrating journey. And I'm sorry I wasn't a better GM for you. I did try. Onwards. More and more nowadays, people are trying to include in their game systems the ability to do things other than hit people over the head. Shocking, I know, but um, the coming uh, in the kidneys from behind. Let's let's assume that violence to person or persons not yet um, not yet attributed to is is, is something that the the craft of the ge- of the game has got a lot of means of dealing with and a lot of levels of dealing with um from from tune all the way up to uh GURPS, which can do you know stabbing in a particular location and yes the vitals is a lovely place to uh, the kidneys or the lungs are lovely places because it triples the uh, the stabbing damage. Be this as it may, off my GURPS high horse. And the major thing that they we do apart from that is social interaction. And uh, leaving aside the fact that people often feel that just role-playing is a better way to uh, resolve this, there's also the problem of favours, because favours are a very useful currency in real world and in-game social terms. Um, at the end of the adventure, when the uh, when the very rich patron, um, is, a very rich, very powerful uh, pa- uh, patron is saying employer, let's say employer rather than patron, because <laughs> patron has a specific game term meaning in GURPS and other systems. Patrons stick around. Employers are just the ones. When the very rich, very powerful employer turns to you and says, what would you like as a reward? A very good idea is to say, I'll take a favour, sir, or madam, as the case may be. And that is a very open-ended thing and a very profound um commitment in a in a system where honor and reliability is an important consideration which is to say all all systems including the real world sometimes they will say back i think i owe you a a, a small favor a middle favor or a large favor if if they if they might uh, some people just say a small favor yes two small favors or would you like one large one um, but, but, uh, but, but some places are more, 
um, finely graded than that. And I want to know... Sorry, I'm just thinking of sippers and gulpers and the other subdivisions of a Royal Navy tot. (laughs) Is there anything above a gulper? I believe so, but I don't remember them. Okay. Uh, I think that's that's quaffing. Quaffing is above uh, (laughs) gulping. Okay, but the question is, how do we do this? How do we um, gamify favours usefully? I think the first thing one wants to ask is, what does one want to achieve by doing this? Because um, the the obvious approach from traditional role-playing is to say, this is a resource, Mm. just like your magic points or your cash, and it's a resource you can spend. And expend. And if you're using a favour in, in in that strict sense, you know, I'm going to do something nice for you once, then that's valid. On the other hand, um, it's not it's not very generic, uh, considering the the scope of some role playing games. Um, I mean, if 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 I do something nice for the for the crown prince, such and and then twenty years later when he's king, I come back and say, hey, about that time. Is that still going to work? It depends on him. It depends on the hit the society. It depends on. It depends on. It depends on his sense of honour. Yeah. Um, and how the society would view him breaking his word, and well, if. Yeah. Uh, it also means yeah. Not all favours are the same as favour from the uh, uh, from the merchant on the corner is not the same as a favour from the crown prince. So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just remembering all all the systems that have had abstracted money over the years, because mm. you know keeping track of the actual number of coins you have is boring. Yes, um, but boring. you have a you have a problem with that. Well, I've never seen an abstracted money system that really worked. I mean, they, they all have the same basic idea of stuff. Stuff in this cost bracket you can just buy without thinking about it. Stuff in this cost bracket. You, you may need to make a bit more effort for and so on, but none of them. Are, I mean, none of them has ever seemed to me. And and if I'm, I'm not saying I've looked at every system, so if, if somebody knows one that works better, then then tell me by all means. But they never seem to me to be worth the bookkeeping of just of not just saying, okay, um, you're a mercenary on a secret mission. What do you think you would have with you? Except. That, well, it eliminates the bookkeeping of of individual coins. It eliminates the bookkeeping of um, of encumbrance levels. Well, not quite, because encumbrance levels actually have a function. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying that the the decision for me is not abstract money versus specific money. It's abstract money versus narrative money. What's the difference? In narrative money, you just say, okay, what what's a is is this a reasonable thing for you to have? You know, you're you're, you're working as a janitor. You're you're living in a horrible little flat. You probably don't have a uh, particularly sexy sniper rifle, or if you do, there's a damn good reason for it. Well, I think the um, I think I th- I think the the point of non-narrative money is that you use it to as, as a tool for the referee to resolve what happens when they want something that they can't afford. I could go out and buy myself a house. I've got enough money. I'd then have not enough money to live on in in that house, but I have enough money at this moment in time to go out and buy a house. 
Um, it would wreck all my savings and, um, and, and not be a wise thing, but I could do it. Um, and, and so when the player says, I need this sniper rifle, I need it now, but I have not enough money. What do I do? Um, then, uh, then the, the abstracted money with numbers on it, uh, the, four dice in wealth or what have you um gives you an answer to can i do this this way or not when he when he comes up with a proposal it's there as a tool for the g to make the gm's life easier and look fairer i suppose it, it, it's always seemed like a lot of work to me and there, there is also the other problem which i think you really need a uh, a, a universal log, log scaling mechanic to make this work right the the basic problem of here here is a thing that is so trivially cheap that that I don't have to care about buying it or not. Now mm. I want twenty million of them. Yeah, I, uh, if, I... if you use a system with a, with a scale uh, like Torg or um, EABA, I think, or DC Heroes, and a system where you can say this is not ten dollars, this this is economic value level two, then you multiply it by fifty million, and right, that's now economic value level seventeen. And we just feed that into the wealth system, and that's fine. Anything short of that, it gets awfully edgy. I, I Roger, I've, we've argued about this before. Yeah, we're, sorry, we're getting, we're, we're, we're getting off again. the topic, but I will say, I think a real mo- a, a realish model of how the economy works means that if you want a pint of milk, fine. But if you want, uh, if you want. Uh, Two gallon, gallon um, tankers delivered, delivery worth delivered to your door, then the milk merchants are going to come around and have a few words with you. Yeah, I mean, as long as the players are willing to cooperate and say, you know, I'm I'm not going to spend this and then this three seconds later and then these three seconds later and so on, as long as they're prepared to basically not yeah. be munchkins, then I think well, then yeah, I, and, then I and, think it can work. And and there is the. Um, and in in rain, uh, there is the there are two. There's wealth, which is an attribute of people, and there's treasure, which is an attribute of um, of organisations. Mm-hmm. And and the two can be converted. You can uh, uh, feloniously bunk up your character's wealth by stealing from the treasury, and you can put it back. But uh, uh, but the two price lists. Are separate and and in separate uh, units of purchase as so well. F- things people buy and things kingdoms buy, basically. Yeah, you 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 need to get yourself a pole arm. You can get yourself a pole arm. You need to equip um, a troop of of infantry with pole arms. Uh, then you go to the treasury and and use similar hmm. mechanics to re- to to reconcile uh, uh, the to reconcile the difference. The, anyway. Whether it's affordable, but going back to um, going back to what we were talking about, yeah, um, basically favors. I, I, I think favors say... can easily be an, an abstracted money. That 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 is one way of looking at them mechanically. It, it saves the GM a lot of work. It also, you know, one of the the commonest things I do with them is when they haven't got an idea at the end of a mission, then I can say, "Very well, the crown owes you a favor." Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and if you, they use that wisely, then it's a step into the crown's society and being trusted to do more jobs for the crown. And if they don't, 
they will never be seen again. But. Well, yeah, that that's one consideration. Being owed a favour by some people will make those people very uncomfortable. Yes, especially if if yeah, you know, I'm thinking of your classic stereotyped mafia don, who who is honourable enough to say yes, I do owe you a favour and and I will pay you back, but he's going to get very increasingly edgy the longer that lasts. You sure don't you don't want anybody killed today? I think I wrote that into uh, my my version of Garantha. Uh, that uh, that the troll traders of Argan, Argar are aware and have been since the god time that they took one of Isari's uh, trade rooms under not entirely um, trade-based circumstances. And, uh, and they really do owe him uh, for that. And uh, all, the, all, uh, all initiates and higher of Isari have said, no, I trained to say no, no, nothing at this time. When asked, <laughs> okay, so but is, yeah. is it a transferable resource? That's another thing to consider. Um, th- this yeah. is something that I, I've not had much to do with. But when we were playing Vampire with Doctor Bob, I gather this is one of the things that that turns up in classic Vampire. Yeah, that um, uh, that. Well, I think I think under certain systems, definitely it is. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought I thought I owed my boss, but it turns out I'm doing uh, doing something for a complete stranger because my boss chose to pay him off that way. If he's still your boss and can still uh, make his displeasure known, uh, then you do it, don't you? Um, the, the the fact you're willing to owe one person a favour is slightly different from being will, willing to owe the person they owe a favour a favour. But it happens in a in a favour based economy. Can I just say parenthetically um, that I am not looking forward to the cashless economy at all. You know the reputation based economy that uh, some transhumanists seem to be aiming for strikes me as hell on earth. Nothing but networking and 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 committee meetings. This is what happens eternity. when you let the extroverts define what normal is. I'm an extra. Well, compared to you, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, no, people no, who think he, social media is a good idea think reputation-based societies are a good idea. They That's are true. wrong. People, they are wrong. They are hideously wrong. <laughs> because you know, it's 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 based upon it's based upon prejudice and slander. Think, but, thinking of an, another gaming example, um, mm. I've never played the original Conspiracy X game. Uh, but GURPS Conspiracy X had, had a, a thing that it called pulling strings. Yeah. As I, as opposed I, to pulling strings, the conventional way of saying it. The idea is you, you, you have... It's basically a reusable thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you have... A, you, you know somebody at, at the NRO who can get you satellite pictures in a hurry. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, permanently in your debt. Yeah, and it, it's somewhere between a favour and a, and a, and a specialised contact. Because mm. it, it doesn't wear out, typically, though. I mean, there, there are ways for them to go away in the long term, but, but they basically don't wear out from use. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I've seen strings used in one of the Powered by the Apocalypse uh, Yeah, the, the Monsters at High School one has, has a... Yeah, every, I, I, everybody owes everybody else something. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen it in later iterations as well. Oh, and it, ju- it just occurred to me what the uh, first uh, example of favours being used 
was um, that was that in that highly rules driven game on guard way way back in the day that you you got um, you got the chance to be uh, an aide to the crown prince and when you got fired for covering up the crown prince's misdemeanors <laughs> um, he owed you a favor which you could use directly as a dice roll modifier to increase your chances of promotion uh, which was mm-hmm. uh, and, and the players could trade favours between, between each other. I think it's the first time I've seen it used. And in a highly social game, like On Guard, and why hasn't somebody done a second, third, fifth edition of On Guard that's suitable for the modern age, I wonder? Is, yeah. it, is something, that's you, some, something you might look at on another occasion. So, yeah, favours, I, I, I think anyway. that I think the short answer to why hasn't anybody done this in much detail is there's actually qu- there are quite a lot of parameters you'd need to tweak uh, to, yeah. to make it to make it generic. I mean, ob- obviously, in a specific uh, society, a specific setting, uh, you can say, okay, they work like this and do it relatively easily. If if you wanted, let us call it GURPS favours. That, uh, yeah, a, a fully generic and universal system that that would be really quite complicated because of the number of things that would come under that umbrella. It's true. Mostly, there's a difference between uh, uh, providing a favour you can pick up and reload and providing a favour that is a whisper in the ear of a particular person. Don Luigi tells me you are to be relied upon. This is good. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just having Nishka flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah, I find myself inclined to generalise this into into a relationships model, which is something I've been bashing at in games mechanic terms for a while and not really got very far with. Um, though there are so, there are many people to whom you can say, "Please do this for me, please do that for me," and they, and you you, know, you can have a constant stream of low level they do stuff for you. Yeah, and maybe eventually they get fed up with it, and maybe eventually they don't. Mm. On the other hand, if you, if you ask for something huge, they might suddenly say, "Whoa, that that that's a bit excessive." Yeah, that there are in GURPS there are patrons who like you and are more powerful than you. There are allies who are about as powerful as you and like you. There are contacts who will provide you with information repeatedly or specific skill uses in in, mm. in a non-adventuring context. Are there one-use favours in the character build system? I've got a vague feeling I've seen it somewhere. I don't recall it, but it could be. It could be there. Um, debt is there, and debts can be paid off. Well, de- debt is there in the in the sense of it's it's the opposite of um, independent income. Independent income says you get you get this much money per month. Debt says you have to pay this much money per month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, con- contacts in general, they, they are implemented as he- here is the skill that that contact has. But it's a bit how- abstracted because what they might have is, you know, knowing how the police work, AT. Yeah. Um, actually, and, they, and they aren't always available, are they? They, can, they have a contact, they have an availability. Yeah, they have availability, they have reliability, um, and, and they have their actual level of competence. And I think that may be one parameter too many, but eh. Mm, yeah, I see. I, 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 I see. I see the point, and I see. I can see why both of their those are in there, though mostly, 
I'd ha- I I I would go for whatever the full cost is. Now there is discounts if you want mm. to take them. Sometimes your your friend um in the phone in the in the uh, phone company is always there anxious to talk to people because nobody likes them. <laughs> um and totally reliable uh, but limited in what they will do. Uh, you probably know GURPS uh, social engineering better than I do. How useful is that towards more um, more detailed modelling of somebody owing you a favour? Um, not very, I think. I mean, I, I, it's uh, it's a book I would, in general, highly recommend. Mm. Um, but it, it, its basic approach is um, here is how you get a person to do a thing. Yeah. Um, starting from a more or less neutral standpoint. And I I, th- I think one could one way of modelling a, a favour would be as, as a as, assuming you start with that model of, you know, I, I am I'm using my, I don't know, diplomacy skill to, to persuade you to do a thing. Yeah. And if the thing is if thing is small it may have a huge bonus on it. Yeah. And if if I say and you owe me that favour, then that's effectively a one shot plus whatever. To my skill, it occurs to me at this moment that if uh, that you can owe a favour for a favour, and that if it's well defined enough, the uh, the player characters are going to be burdened or choose to be burdened with favours as well, and for their sake, we want this to be fairly well defined, uh, except except that screws up the the role-playing, you want them to imagine that their honour is involved in saying yes or no when the king says, you remember that favour you owe me? Well, this would be uh, specific to a society, but I think it would be reasonably fair to say up up front that in in this particular environment, uh, um, among nobles or whatever, um, it will be known that if... You, you can get a negative reputation. Didn't keep his word. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be a lot more painful to you than doing somebody a little favour. I mean, nothing serious. Uh, if you owe the king a big favour, you shouldn't have been such a damn fool, that, should you? <laughs> Actually, he was only the crown prince at the time when you said, "Yeah, sure, I'll owe you one, Luigi." Um, no, no, <laughs> let's not call him Luigi, Don Carlos. I guess I will owe you one. Don Carlos. A small favour for the king, as I think we said earlier, is not a small favour for the crown prince or the earl or whatever or or the knight or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, but having been somebody's friend way back when is a very useful thing, but it can also be a burden. Yeah, I think I I I want to represent it more in a more complex way than you owe, you know, one sixteenth of a standard favour. I, I want to yeah. say this: this guy remembers you as a good guy. It's not a reputation. It's not not a you know, huge, widespread. Everybody knows that you 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 were a good guy back in the war or whatever. It's he specifically remembers you and, and regards mm. you favourably. Well, more important, if you don't do this for him, he's in a position to slag you off. No, not more important. Your own personal honour is more important. But from the <laughs> point of view of play, driving the players with whips. <laughs> Um, the, 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 the bad consequences are more important. I think we should probably bring this up on the GURPS forums and say, come and listen to our podcast. Always a good sign. 
Uh, but we've been talking about favours. How would you realise this in your games? I bet Bill has an idea or three. Yeah, uh, for, the, for that matter, over on the discussion to Kaylee Lee, where, yeah. where we have a whole bunch of mostly non-GURPS players. Yes. Um, we, we, sh- we should definitely take this further and maybe get somebody to commission us to write GURPS favours. <laughs> All right. You and your bosom companions, the dwarf, the elf, and the necromancer, don't ask why you're a friend with the necromancer, it's it's a long story, are going down the dungeon with the dwarf at the front, because that's what he's good at, when suddenly he fumbles and there's a click and everybody knows he's standing on something dangerous and it's about to kill him or maim him, or do its best to. And he and he says, no, don't panic. There's always a way to turn it off, or nobody who lives down here will be able to use the corridor. Oh, All we've got to do... I've got a great idea. <laughs> yes, something like that. So you're down the dungeon, and the DM has decided to trap you. Is this fun? Roger. Well... I think that the the fading out of the trap as, or the puzzle, perhaps yeah. as as a type of encounter. And I'm not saying it's gone, but it seems to be less. Yeah, thing I hear about when people are telling me about their dungeon games these days is partly because a lot of the time they're soluble by the players rather than by the characters. And sometimes they're soluble by the characters, but not by the players. That's also annoying. Well, yeah, but that's boring. Uh, because you know, for for a combat, we ha- yeah, this is the eternal problem. For a combat, we have a complicated system of strike and parry and dodge and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And for a trap, we have roll your trap skill, roll your disarm device check, mm-hmm. and either you do it or you don't. On the on the um, on the uh, gumshoe principle, that you should always find the information you need to solve something, but not necessarily the solution. I think the uh, I think the, uh, the 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 thing there is that yes, uh, the dwarf's companions do find the uh, disarming mechanism, and that's when the big problem actually starts. There are such things as int rolls and um, and 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 engineering skills, but they don't always help. I think. I mean, obviously, you you could have a game which gave as much attention to traps as games traditionally give to combat. Yeah, a, a multi-stage thing. I mean, there have certainly been games which had multi-stage success uh, systems. You know, you, yeah. you've got to achieve task A, task B, task C, and if you succeed particularly well or fail particularly badly at any given step, that that will have specific consequences. So it's not just you get through or the trap goes off. Yeah. So I th- I think there's potential there. Um, Okay, yeah, I'm, I've got something that I'm doing at the moment. But, all right, I, I, I think it leads right directly to my main response to this. I'm currently doing a game on my PC, uh, which is very, uh, which is a basically a puzzle-solving mystery in a 
pseudo Lovecraftian setting um, with one character wandering through the remains of somebody else's investigation and piecing together what has happened. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. I won't mention it here because I have negative things to say about it. And for the people who, who are into this sort of thing, I think it's a beautiful, well-crafted, and you can probably figure out uh, if you're really into this sort of stuff, what I'm talking about. Recent production, beautiful, well-crafted, very atmospheric. It annoys me because it doesn't quite fit my PC setup, and I have to pixel bitch a lot. Just to just to click on the thing I need to click on, um, and also there's an annoyance which is I think is intrinsic in this sort of thing. You can only puzzle fairly puzzle a mind like your own. I think the biggest thrill in puzzle solving is going to be when somebody either says "Aha, yes, of course, that's what it means," or on the alternative says, aha, yes, I should have known that was what it means. That's the, the fun sensation of, of, of reading um, whodunits or howdunits or whatever. Mm. Um, that the, the, you, you can see, oh, yes, how stupid of me um, is it, it, the fun sensation. But in this thing, even when I am shown the solution, I decide I'm fed up, I'm going to cheat. I say, I can't see how they got from there to there. That's not at all obvious. Why yeah. would I do that? And that happens time and again. And the same thing uh, can happen in, in a mystery where, where you know, you, you read that mm. this particular thing set off that train of thought and that was what led to the solution. You think, well, yes, but it shouldn't. It, there, there is a missing connection there. Or, yeah. yes, but that's completely incompatible with the person that Killer is presented as being. Yeah, uh, they, they would make the, a different mistake, not that one. In in what I'm, I'm 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 doing at the moment, the the question that keeps coming up is, how did that end up there? What was the backstory? I cannot reconstruct what must have happened in the. Um, uh, why are all the bits reset? That's another good question. <laughs> yeah, and. I, I'm assuming you're familiar with Grimtooth's traps. Yeah, that that was that was the inspiration for my introduction. And it's fun. It's a, it's probably a lot more fun to read than to play. True, <laughs> a lot more fun to 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 read than to see your character chewed up by. Though, just think, thinking about the the sort of system that, that 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 was being run for. I mean, you 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 barely had thief skills. I don't I don't think you do have thief skills in Tunnels and Trolls. No. You, you might have some sort of stat check, um, and in in D and D you you had uh, you, some sort of disarm trap thing, wasn't there? Once the, once the thief was introduced, and there was the there was the capacity to for the fighters to break uh, uh, bars and gates and that sort of thing. But yeah. the, that was about but as far as it went. The the thing that I, to me a classic Grimtooth is the sort of thing where you say the the room is presented as this, and the party but. say, okay, I will do obvious thing you know I will, I will go over and pick up the statue at which point doom happens yeah um can you make that fun because you know 
is is your character the sort of person who who is twitchy and paranoid and suspicious of of, of things that things that look straightforward? What, if, ha- what happens when you get the trap that is designed for people who are twitchy and paranoid, where the correct route through is to do the straightforward thing? Mm. <laughs> I think my response to that is always: this can't only be a trap. There must be a way. It must be a security system, and there must be a way for the regular users to use it regularly. Yeah, I, I certainly take the approach that the traps should be fitting for, if not the original purpose, at least the current purpose of the place. Um, the, yeah, the, the traps to keep out tomb robbers. Are, Those are, are distinct yeah. from the traps that let the orcs in and out to go raiding. Mm. But but stop adventurers. Yeah, the uh, I, I think we con- uh, I think the games have concentrated more on the tomb robber, and except that these tombs tend to be inhabited by things that move around and uh, want to eat you, which is was not a major thing in, in the in, in the Valley of the Pharaohs, you know. As far as you know. <laughs> Ah, oh, be this. I said, I'm remembering a Call of Cthulhu scenario in which you really didn't want to break into that Egyptian tomb. You really, really <laughs> didn't. But yeah, all right. Uh, I think uh, my problem again is uh, I think it's fun when you always almost trigger the trap. That's uh, that. It's the it's the it's the NPC uh, throwaway characters. It may be that the sensible thing to do would be to do the um, false intro characters um, as the <laughs> first. Uh, this is a trick we've talked about before, yeah. whereby you hand out three pre, you hand out three pre-gent characters to the uh, players and say you're going down this tomb. And then you kill them. You, do, you <laughs> get, make them face whatever doom uh, is down there and have only one... Um, uh, escape to tell them, and if there isn't one, uh, the pl- the real player characters wake up in a cold sweat uh, from the dream of having died. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Your your cousin said he was going to come back and pay you that money he owes you next week, because because he was he was onto a real good thing, and you haven't heard of him from from him for a while. Yeah, but but um, how they know not to? I ju- I don't know how I knew not to touch that. I just did. Uh, is 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 one way of doing it. The other is to to institute the rule. They never trigger it, trigger it all the way, or there is always, as there is with terrorist bombs. Once you disarm it, there's always a second one to go off and kill the bomb finders. And Not always. Pointing the lots other, of other direction, uh, a thing that I haven't seen done, but I think it would be interesting to do. If you've got particularly the the, the, the pyramid equivalent, you know the, the ancient tomb of whatever yeah maybe some of those traps just don't work anymore you know i i I just got poked by a stick once upon a time it had poison on it yeah oh well the spring's gone Uh, yeah there's a there's a clunk and a sort of graunching noise from the wall and nothing happens yeah uh i think what i'm after is variation If, if you if you say that the character's doing the disarming and your system says that's a that's a traps roll then yeah. you don't want to do that more than once or twice because it's boring. It's the same thing again and again. Yeah, but the issue should be uh, should be lots of times 
well, especially if you're you're delving into ancient secrets, the issue should be one of learning. A lots of times, what does this look? What does this glyph look like? And that's a question for the scholar or the mage or anybody, but but the light fingered hobbit who knows how to um, who knows how to tr- uh, spring uh, spring sprung traps. Yeah, and you you might say, you know, the soldiers of the original garrison were all trained carefully that that you don't tread on the pale yellow flagstones. Ah, uh-huh, it says here. So so once once you've solved that for the first couple, it's mm. not unreasonable to say, okay, the party could learn to do that, and now we can do this. Mm. Uh, and hey, maybe we can sucker somebody into chasing us down the corridor. Uh, maybe once you're um, a deeper inside the safe. Uh, the, the the flooring turns to triangles, and you go, oh, the higher caste were the only ones allowed in here. <laughs> you think you think that the higher your caste, the fewer your sides. Well, I'll, I'll t- the highest are all, of course, are the circles. But uh... except that that has it. In- oh. Does the circle have infinite or one side? Yes. I- <laughs> right. Good. Good answer. <laughs> For those of you who remember Flatland, this is completely inconsistent with that. <laughs> uh, the there are uh, there are always problems with traps. The problem, but the central problem is always making it interesting as well as potentially deadly. And mm. uh, as I've said before, if something's potentially deadly, sometimes it has to turn out to be really deadly, and there's a clunk. And your uh, and your uh, light fingered thief has some uh, uh, some sticky pointed uh, needles sticking into his arm and says, "I'm starting to feel woozy," which makes things um, which puts you on a different timer. But again, eventually um, they they, sh- they should fail the uh, uh, the fifteenth stay alive roll, if not the uh, if not the first two. I'm just, I just, I I picked a random Grimtooth page. Mm. As okay, this. what you got? Pillars. You, you, you know, the, the there there is a the, the room is very deep, but there's probably something nasty at the bottom, and you have a bunch of pillars you have to leap between. Fine, but okay, and some of them are greased, and some of them will crumble, and some of them have an invisible pillar sitting on top of the real pillar. <laughs> Yeah, but and this is and and if, given that it's in the spirit of Grim Grimtooth, this isn't the real way in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what because you're supposed to do is, is climb down the wall. Yeah, Spider Man will be fine. But I mean, if if you're running a high mortality game where this sort of thing can happen, then that's fine. But I I think you you need something more than yeah. Maybe you solve them with different skills, you know, a perception check to spot the grease uh, and and a um, different sort of check to say, hang on a minute, they, they, these are all marble and that one's just plaster painted to look like marble. Yeah, yeah so, uh, some, some, some sort of, I, I want something interesting as opposed to, I jump, I make the jump, you die in, in, a, yeah. in a new and inventive way. Yeah, the, the one that's got the, the invisible pillar on top is suspiciously free of dust. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. The 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 most valuable thi- thing 
for dealing with uh, trap dungeons is to say, yeah, let's just wait a moment and take a careful look at this, shall we? Consider the potential of, of, of the, the map of the traps. Oh, yes. Which, I mean, every, everybody is only a map of the dungeon, but, but, oh. but a listing of what the traps are and where they are. It runs out here. Wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit ragged at the bottom, but yeah, uh, the uh, if the if the guy who sold you the the map pops out of the wall and says, "I have the other half of this," um, <laughs> then uh, then clearly it's a scam, and that uh, that answers who is resetting the traps. I don't remember where it was, a, a, a cartoon in some gaming magazine somewhere, but if I just say that the, the caption was, ever since I started handing out fake maps, I've saved a fortune in dragon feed. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, you don't feed a dragon, dragons tax you, but yeah. Uh, probably what's new. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's potential, but I think I think they're more complicated than they seem, which for a trap seems quite appropriate, really. Yeah, and as, as you uh, and and traps slide into riddles, as you say. I think we've mentioned before the difficulty of coming up with new riddles, given the sort of people that we game with. But also, um, a, a, a riddle is a thing for the player to solve, almost mm. always. Again, if it's going to be more than make make an obscure law check. Yes, the, uh, the the classical uh, I I used as I keep saying the uh, uh, the riddle um, uh, the the solution rather to uh, Dorothy L says have his carcass brilliant <laughs> uh, once in a game and it was then that I discovered most people don't have the knowledge to actually solve that one <laughs> and um and and that uh uh and that they didn't even know the word when spelled out for them so um <laughs> on the whole that, that just serves them right for not reading the classics well <laughs> i could take that point of view but their characters were in glorantha so let's not go there shall we in glorantha it probably you you can probably name the specific spirit that causes it but riddles are a lot harder and require a bard's mind to make them originally and i don't have that i find yeah and it it would be lovely to have something that built off off the world's specific law but then you need not only very deep law but that the right sort of mind to put it together and players who are interested enough in the law to put it together for themselves so i have seen there is in the first publish um a dungeon delve for ars magica a piece of law uh, written into uh, the very first puzzle. And there's no way you can solve that at that stage of your acquaintance other than to say, make a roll against this particular law skill and tell me what you get. Mm. And um, there, there is no... Uh, it's part of the history of the order. And, uh, and it's not necessarily all something all members of the order would know. But um, it, 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 it's, it, it's very good flavour, but it isn't um, solvable as a riddle without in-game knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do things that require specialised knowledge of your specialised world, then it's got to be there just for flavour and not for riddle solving. 
And on the other hand, you can, with a mytho- mythical setting, rip bits of um, real world mythology out of uh, out of the real world and and retool them for use there. I wrote an account of the uh, of the creation of the first men from the point of view of the trickster god, um, uh, which took its cue from classical Greek uh, mythology. I'm, I'm still rather vainly proud of it, so there. Uh, there are opportunities. I think this, I think the, the takeaway from this segment is, as it is so often from our segments, the... It's not simple. The, it's <laughs> not simple. It's, it's harder than it looks unless you can generate a character in 15 minutes and uh, the players won't be, feel cheated. Uh, when you when you drop the uh, the uh, the anvil on them from a great height. Yeah, when, when I started uh, gaming, that uh, certainly I started reading gaming magazines and finding out what other people did. And there seems to be an awful lot of people whose first exposure to, to games was some some sort of general, you know, after school activity type room. Mm. Some yeah. somebody wa- waved at them and said, "We need a cleric." Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, they said to me, uh, "You could be a fighter. They're simpler." <laughs> And uh, and it's one of the great compliments of my gaming life that one of my regular players says I killed him in the in the first game of RuneQuest I ever ran I killed his character. He's still alive though, advanced in years. Uh, I killed his character in the first ga- game I ever ran for him, but he still came back for more. <laughs> Onward. If you'd like to tell us about your great failures, keep it short, please. Especially those relevant to play by post, we'd be very interested. Or the exciting people you owe favours to. Yeah. Our age, we wish, we wish. We wish people uh, felt uh, they owed us favours at our age. And at our age, at all ages, you should keep your debts current. Or you have a, a particular fiendish trap you wish to try on our, our genius minds. You can contact us by... Uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. We'll be back in another month's time.